good morning. It is another continental breakfast. It'll be Thursday, the 17th of June. By the time it's going into your ears, myself and JD. The chaos. The chaos that is about to unfold. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe Brenton okay this. Uh, fair play to him. Fair it's just ourselves talking tonight. We're going to look look back at uh, the Wales result, which was massive for them, beating Turkey 2-0 in Baku, which felt like an away game, obviously, with um, a lot of Turkish fans in there and, and Azerbaijans that um, were cheering on Turkey. And then we're going to touch on, first we'll touch on Italy's unbelievable performance yet again in the Euros. Another 3-0 win, and we'll, we'll touch on that. And we'll look ahead to uh, tomorrow, or today's games, um, it sees Holland up out again, it sees Denmark against Belgium, and it also sees Ukraine against Ma- uh, North Macedonia. So, um, Johnny, let's sort of get into it. We'll talk about the game that's just ended. Um, Italy, another three points, they're through to the next round. Six goals in this competition, six points, none conceded. Uh, they look fantastic. Yeah, they do, they do. Um we did, did say these earlier on the WhatsApp group, this could be another 3-0, just the way they were playing, and, and it did end that way. Um, it, it's, it's crazy, like 29 games unbeaten, and what is it, 10 games now where they haven't conceded a goal? Uh, the, the only criticism I could really have of Italy tonight was they probably should have scored more. Um, Immobile especially had so many chances, but they were just a, a joy to watch. Really, really were. Um, and a certain left-back for Italy as well, you know, Flop like, isn't he? Oh, I can't believe those two morons. <laughs> they they literally picked him apart on the preview, and he has been unbelievable ever since. He has been unbelievable. Um, to be fair, at least front three have been brilliant. Like I really enjoyed watching Insignia play. Um, isn't that how he says it? Yeah, Insignia? isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Thought, I thought I was talking about the Vauxhall camera there for a second. I was a bit, a bit of a fool. Um, but no, he, I thought he's been quite interesting to watch. Um, it just seems like something's always going to happen when he gets onto the ball. You know, it's been a real joy to watch him. Um, Jorginho has been surprisingly to me. Now, obviously, I don't watch a lot of Jorginho, but I just thought he was he's been brilliant these last two games. You know, yeah. he's just controlled the flow of the game. You know, he just picks up the ball in front of the defenders and then. He just boom, 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 sets it league going again, and and he's been quite um, vital in how they've they've played. You know, it's, I didn't think anybody got near him tonight. Um, Switzerland, God, like the two lads, obviously we know quite well, Shaka and Shakiri. You know, they were they were awful. Any time Shakiri got on the ball, there were two or three Italy players around him. Shaka was Shaka was honestly the grandest Shaka that I know. Um, <laughs> He's just shit, you know. Like he got the ball and just done nothing. He, he was, it's like he wasn't even on the pitch. You know, the Italy players was passing the ball around him, and he got nowhere near any of their players. Um, and saying that, we we briefly touched on um, what was his name? Akimi? Is that that was that was it? Was it him? Akanji at the back. Akanji, yes, yeah, sorry, Akanji. Shit. Um, <laughs> I think since him and Jack have got their hair day blonde, they've got worse. You know, maybe it's just. You know, Blondes had more fun, don't they? But, I uh, haven't seen <laughs> Akanji. I've never seen him play a good game. I, no. I, and I don't, I don't profess to watch Dortmund every week, but I've never seen him play well in a game of football. Well, I was bloody surprised to hear he's playing for a club like Dortmund. Like, what is that all about? He was complete shade. The amount of mistakes, like simple mistakes he was making was just, I don't know. 
like obviously Switzerland aren't one of the powerhouses of European football, like, but you know they've had some decent players over the years and still do have decent players. You know, maybe yeah. they're just they're just not in a good run of form. And when you can't get Shakiri into the game, like it's always going to be difficult, like isn't it? Well, like the thing is for me, the manager and I. I'm not going to do his name at this service. I know I'll pronounce it wrong, but um, he, like, uh, Petkovic, I think I got that right, he set them up with two in midfield, and he had Shaka and Freuler in midfield, who are probably two of the most tired human beings of all time tonight, I'd say, um, in that dressing room, especially Freuler, like, and this isn't a go at Shaka. Shaka was doing his usual, and he started off quite well, but then he faded. Freuler was running... Constantly trying to chase those three boys in midfield, Locatelli, mm-hmm. Barella, and Jorginho, and he couldn't get near them. I felt so sorry for him at times. Only I was enjoying at least passing and their football so much that, that for me, and I know I'm biased as I sit here in my '94 Italy top with Baggio on the back. Um, but I once again like another performance of the tournament so far. They are an absolute dream to watch. I'm, I'm actually love this Italian team. I'm I'm annoyed at myself for not watching more of them in the qualifiers and maybe this will make me want to watch qualifiers more but mm-hmm. they were just so good and everybody in all the previews and in all the build up to both Italy games now has talked about how important this midfield is mm-hmm. the, how the three of them work together now use it's Ferrari in there he'll do well to get in now with Locatelli mm-hmm. Junior Barella and Pekovic still sets up with two midfield and just gets them overrun it didn't make you know it's a carry floating about in there but that's not going to work so that that one tonight, I know uh, Lee Dixon was saying about it um, on commentary. He said like the two lads in midfield, Shakiri and Fuller, are probably going to get their manager when they do the debrief and they look at it next couple of days and say this doesn't, this can't work when you're up against the three, and it doesn't. It just was a nonsense. Like and they were constantly getting overrun. But we yeah. have to talk on the pauses about it, Lee. Like uh, uh, and going forward, like to me. I'm still backing them. I think they're going to win it. But did you see more from them tonight to think that they could be one of the teams that stops France? Because France are everyone else's favourites. Yeah, well, you know, normally you're used to Italian teams being very defensively sound, which this team is, but they're also very good going forward. Like, I think Mancini has kind of given them a bit of swagger now. You know, they're, they're just such a nice team to watch. You know, even going forward, they play nice football. Like, the the first ball across to um who set up the first goal, I can't remember who it was, but whoever pinged that ball across the pitch, it Lapitelli. was just a thing of beauty. Then he scored. What a ball. Yeah, what a ball. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> oh um, I could watch that pass on loop, Johnny. Yeah. It was great. And do you know what yeah, you mentioned there about switching on. They took way too long to make a change. To change the formation. Like it obviously wasn't working from 20 minutes into that game, you know, like you said, Xhaka and all did have a good first maybe 10 minutes or so, but faded very quickly when Italy started to get into their groove. And, you know, you need to make, you need to make changes when you notice it's not working. Like, and it, they got they got away with it when the Chiellini goal was um, disallowed. And yeah. there was a warning there. And, and what was it, five, ten minutes later, Italy scored again. Yeah. And just, it was just, it was pathetic. Like, from an international, you know, team, you had expect better. But definitely Italy. Now I know there's only two games in, and there's tougher games to come. Absolutely, like it's only Switzerland and who's who's that? Russia? Or China? Russia? Turkey. Turkey? Turkey. Who? Someone in this podcast has tipped to be the dark horse. Oh, um, a very fat dark horse, I may say so. Um, 
<laughs> like when they play France or they play a Germany or you know one of them other bigger teams, we'll see what they're really made of. But I would say they have absolutely nothing to be afraid of because they're defensively sound and they're so scary going forward at the moment. Do you think they'll be sweating on Kaylini's injury, or do you think they'll still um, have enough? Because yes, he is obviously the talisman, and, and it'll be a huge, huge miss. Um, but a Cherby came in and they didn't notice, and they, maybe that was because Switzerland didn't problem or cause them any problems. They will, of course, hope that Kaylini comes back. But do you think it's it's such a blow that it could derail them? I'm not too sure. Like you see, to be honest, when he first went off, and I just said, is if it's a hamstring injury, he might miss the rest of the tournament. But when I thought back on it, he wasn't really limping or looked, you know, no. in any real discomfort. So it could be just he even knew himself. Switzerland are not causing us any trouble here. I think we'll win this game comfortably. I'm just going to come off as a precaution. And he was sitting on the bench, and he looked he looked like he was in decent spirits as well. Like so, I think it might be just a precautionary thing, and he, and he could be okay, you know, for the knockout rounds. I doubt they'll play him anyway. In the next game since they're qualified, but like you said, Switzerland didn't cause them much trouble, so I'm sure they would like to have him back for the knockout rounds, and I think he probably will make it back now. But um, they just seemed like even when he went off, they just continued on with the same style of football and going forward, and didn't look like it bothered them whatsoever. Of course, there's tougher tests to come, so we'll see. We'll see what happens, I suppose, in in the the knockout rounds and who they get. I think if they finish top, they play at Wembley. Yeah, they do. They play at Wembley, and then England, if they win their group, they go to Rome. Ah, it's uh, it's funny. But uh, I, I think I, I kind of thought that myself, like, obviously with COVID and stuff. But, you know, is there a bit of an unfair advantage that Italy get to play all their group games in Rome? And England... I'm not sure. I know England have two games at Wembley, but I'm not sure where the third game is. No, they, they, they have all three at Wembley. They have yeah. all three at Wembley. It's a bit, I don't know, it is a bit unfair that a lot of nations are getting to play home games at their own national stadium. Like, but yeah. I think as well, like it is a bit, the way they've structured it too, and we will get into this at the end of the tournament when we look back on it, but one thing that I think is like to ask Switzerland to go from Baku to Rome mm-hmm. doesn't feel right. You know, Maybe there should have been structured better where there was another location in between those two maybe or something, you know, that kind of way. Or mm-hmm. if your group uh, group D and group E go out and they stay out in Baku and, and St. Petersburg and then group whatever, the other two stay Central Europe and then say the next one stay in Glasgow and Wembley. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know what I mean by that? Just to try and yeah, work out that the same way. with Turkey. Yeah, yeah. So um, I do think that, but we will touch on that towards the end of what we thought of this tournament and how, how we thought it was going on. But it, it's going to be interesting. I, I love this Italian team and it was, it was amazing to see them um, win again tonight. And I was glad Chiro Mobley got his goal at the end because you can sort of feel the pressure was mounting on him again because he is the talisman up mm-hmm. front. And that's always a massive thing for Italians and especially in tournaments that, that you know we saw players before with so much pressure on them and then sort of buckle under it. Like, so, um, yeah, two goals now for him. Two for Locatelli as well. On Locatelli too, Johnny. And Steve O'Rourke might be joining the podcast as a late bolter here, folks. I'm not going to let him in just yet, but... Um, I'm right here. I can hear you. <laughs> oh, he's snuck in. He's snuck in. Who let that boy in the back door? Yeah, do you know what that's like? That's like when your dad catches you at something. You know, in the dark, you don't realise. Like, my dad caught me one time. I'm not what were you doing in the dark? This. What were you yeah, doing in the dark? Stealing, no, in the kitchen. He used to hang his coat up on uh, <laughs> on the door for whatever reason. And I used to nick two pound coins out of it. 
all the time, you know, for school. And one uh-huh. day he was behind in the kitchen. I hadn't seen him. Oh, my soul left my body, boys. <laughs> when, when, when I heard him going, what are you at? Holy ghost. I blew a hole in my trousers. Stephen, welcome into the pod. We've just sort of ha- sort of finished off our Italy chat. Right, I wanted to say to Johnny, Locatelli tonight reminded me of a young Emmanuel Petit. Do you know the way he's marauding through? Just tall, lovely style about him as well. Brilliant uh, uh, first touch. Brilliant vision. That's who that reminded me of tonight. Maybe it's because he broke for, from uh, from defence and scored a goal as well, like like Locatelli did, or like uh, what well, Petit did in the World Cup final. But it, that's who he reminded me of watching him tonight. That's that's really interesting. Emmanuel Petit is not someone I would ever compare any player with. Like <laughs> I, I kind of see it, and like yeah. I have to say, I'm you know I was, I was tweeting about this earlier on. Like he's not a player I was overly familiar with, and yet. From everything I saw this season, I was like, that is a player I would absolutely love at my club. Um, yeah, like, Petit is a good, yeah, no, it is, like, again, it's, because I was looking at Griezmann last night and with the way he had his hair, I was thinking, that's very, um, it's a very Manu Petit haircut. Yeah, yeah. In terms of playing style, I think this is a much better comparison. I like it. Yeah, what do, what do you think, Johnny? Um, yeah, like, uh, definitely. Uh, Griezmann has the man of the haircut, absolutely, Steve. Definitely agree. Um, no, he, he's fantastic, fantastic player. Like, obviously, I, I didn't know much about him either. Um, but seeing him over these last two games has been, been so impressive. And who, what, what club does he even play for? Like, on, that's just Sass- how much I know. Sassuolo. He plays for Sassuolo now. There you go. You know, yeah. there potentially could be a big move for him in the future. Um, Great, great player, like you know, just unbelievable. Um, the, and it's nice, you know, this this is what these tournaments are all about as well. I think you know, it gives maybe guys that we haven't heard of like him, you know, the opportunity to get noticed and everyone stand up and take take and take notice of him and think this guy's decent. Like I'd like him in my club, and you know, it, it raises their profile and they get their big move. And you know, places teams like like Arsenal could be doing with you know guys like that who wouldn't cost you know eighty million because we can't afford. If you're replacing Granite Xhaka with Locatelli, I think you're having a decent summer, to be honest, sir. Uh, I think if I was replacing Xhaka with even Steve, we'd be upgrading. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve, your favourite subject next? Welsh oh. football. <laughs> oh, oh this could've, that could have gone anywhere, Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I could have went Portugal there, I could have went off top. Nah, I think we're sick of this talking about Portugal. Um, Wales, I know I know you didn't want it to happen, but they got a humongous win this afternoon. I thought they were excellent. I thought they were much better uh, tonight than they were against um, Switzerland in the first game. I thought... Um, there's something about that squad. There's something about the cohesion they have that kind of feels, and it just, like, like it just feels like a team that are like their players that don't play regularly for their club in a lot, a lot of times. Like, I mean, the goalkeeper, for example, Ward. Like, I mean, the last time he started for his team, I think I saw was 2017, and he was sent yeah. off um, in that game after 20 minutes. Uh, you've Gareth Bale, who's not a regular. You've Aaron Ramsey, who kind of is in in and out of, of teams, and you go. Yeah, like, there's, there's just something, like, I don't know, like, it, it's that this, the sum of their parts is greater, you know, than, than the individual, like, and I really, like, I was really impressed with them tonight. I thought they, um, Turkey, I thought, 
had lots of like possession, but never I, you wouldn't say they had a huge amount of chances. And and that's a whole different conversation about how disappointing Turkey have been in this championships compared to qualifying. Mm-hmm. But I think like the stat is there. Only France have won more games in the last two or yeah, in the last two European championships than than Wales. And obviously, you know, we know how good France are. So that's pretty impressive. Um uh and fair play to them, like because they're not a good team, but they're playing well above, you know, the sum of their parts. <laughs> You're so bold. <laughs> but they're not they're not but good. It's it's true though, but are they turning into Johnny a tournament team? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You can you can see like you know the world class Aaron Ramsey and the <laughs> Darth Bale as well, who's decent, I suppose, when he's fit. <laughs> um, but like it's just it's probably just you know the bonds, you know, the team playing for each other, and for a team like Wales, that's how they're going to get through games and and get points and make it to the latter stages, which. It looks like they probably have now. You know they've got through to the round of sixteen, which is nice to see. Uh, I know Steve doesn't agree, but um, I'm I'm happy just for Aaron Ramsey because personally I think he should still be an Arsenal player and um, is quite underrated by a lot of people. He should probably be bad for the celebrity that's going to die though because Aaron Ramsey scored. Yeah, well, well. I mean, it depends who it is. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy enough with X, Y, and Z to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy bullshit! Thought he was going to name someone. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Oh, <laughs> I was waiting for it. Oh, <laughs> bit of a sweat on there. Um, uh, yeah, he, he should still. He should be Arsenal captain, Johnny. Really and truly, that's what he should still yeah. be. He should be, he should be captain of the club. But um, there, there's a lot of people that would, would definitely agree. Um, I, I genuinely thought that Turkey were going to just somehow get an equaliser and Wales were going to rue their missed chances because, to be quite honest, they had so many. Uh, the bail penalty. Um, there was a couple of other chances, but what really Surprised me, and I think I said this earlier was Turkey fell for the same shit from the corner twice. Twice. A minute. Twice. And yeah. I was just like, "Are you fucking joking me?" Like, <laughs> I would be fuming if that was my team falling for that shit twice, especially from a friggin' one-legged Gareth Bale. Uh, he did. He did very well the second time as well. The skin is it the Demiral maybe the second time, and laid across. But I want to touch as well. <clears throat> pardon me. On a player for Wales tonight, Joe Morrell played seven times last year in the championship for Luton. Wasn't getting a look in at all for Luton. Turns up in the Euros in centre midfield for uh, Wales against Turkey. A very, very much fancy Turkey, especially by someone on this podcast. And he bossed at midfield, I thought. I thought he was brilliant at midfield when he was on the ball. I was really, really impressed with him. So, fair play to him. Like, hopefully he gets himself sorted now and... Maybe Luton will look at him and think, actually, maybe we should be playing this lad. But I just thought that was so interesting, and he did so well. But Turkey, like, this is twice now they've come into championships, and they've been really tipped, not just by people like from us or whatever. They've been really, really fancied, and they've mm-hmm. just flopped. And I don't know what it is. But that means they're going to be really good at the next uh, tournament, because... Uh, that Belgium have done that for two tournaments and now they're actually playing well. So look out for Turkey next time around. I think. So Qatar is when Turkey going to reign supreme then? Absolutely. And have they next have they made it through? Well, I'm not actually sure what way those groups are going, but I, I, the way you can qualify for tournaments now, I don't doubt they won't. Like, 
Uh, well, all I know now is that we on this podcast are absolutely shaped at predicting anything. Ah, oh, horrendous. Well, she's like, <laughs> yeah, the thing is, like, you could all sit on the fence and make, like, nobody was predicting Wales getting through this. Nobody was predicting Wales would have four points after two games in this group. Absolutely nobody. People thought this Wales side were way past their best, had players who weren't playing at club level. Like, there's no reason to pick them. Whereas Turkey had one of the most informed strikers in the world, have one of the best midfielders in the world, and have absolutely just shit the bed. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, there's, yeah, there's no probably shit the bed, like. Yeah, it is um, funny though. And, I, I and then it. last night, last night I said how I thought Turkey would win quite comfortably as well, and then that backfired royally in my face. I also said in the earlier game that Finland would beat Russia, and that that once again backfired in my face because Russia got the win there and got three points. And I, I didn't see this game. <clears throat> no, you're right too, Johnny. Steve, did you see much of this game, or are you like me, you watching back at highlights? If if my boss asks, I saw none of this game, but I saw okay. all of it. Yeah. Okay. Good man yourself. Were Russia impressive or were Finland unlucky with a VAR call? Uh, no, I, do you know what it was? It was like Finland have one way of playing and that is keep keep it nil-nil and try and score on that one or two chances they have on the break. And so when Russia scored, they still tried to play that way. And it was really weird to watch because Russia are obviously happy with one nil, but Finland are sitting back going, okay, let them come at us and we'll get them on the counter-attack in Russia. We're just thinking, no, we won't. Um, and the finish, the, the goal, uh, the goal was really nice. It was a lovely finish. That kind of, yeah. you know, lean back, curl it from the left to the inside of the right post. Um, but I didn't think Russia were very good. And I thought Finland felt like a team who kind of, I think that they are really a one-trick pony, and 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 that trick is it's it's very predictable as well. I mean, Pookie had a great chance. Um, he got slid through with a lovely slide rule pass, and it should have been a corner. I think the ref gave a, a goal kick, and it should have been a corner because the, the defender got back and made a great tackle. But that was it. Like that was the extent really of 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 Finland's actual chances. Um. But I, I don't think like Russia won't be troubling anyone in this competition. I think that's safe to say. But I think what that result did was it kind of puts pay to Denmark's hopes in this competition because I don't see them beating Belgium. Um, and they will need to beat Belgium to kind of have any chance to get out of that group now at this stage. And uh, it's a shame considering everything that happened because there's no way they should have lost that match to Finland the other day as well. Or or there's no way it should have been finished, I suppose is probably a better way of putting it. But um I think that group is set up quite nicely because like yeah. Belgium looks so, so good and everyone else is kind of there's there's like there's a there's a, a fingernail between everyone else in it. If if Denmark can even get a point tomorrow night, um at the five o'clock game They'll give themselves still a chance because I think they'll beat Russia, and that would leave them then on four points. And everyone sort of said four points are going to be enough to get you through to the next next stage. And Finland go to they play Belgium. Uh, I think I think that's actually possibly in Baku. I'm not sure, but they, they'll go and play Belgium, and they they and you won't imagine they'll win that. So they could end up. A point could be perfect for them tomorrow night, and then have to go all guns blazing against Russia in the final game. But it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Those are the games tomorrow. That that is the five o'clock game. I actually think for me that that's the the best game of the day. Denmark no, against Belgium. Nonsense, nonsense. Two o'clock. Which, you, if, if if you're going to say the two o'clock game, Steve and Dave. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> what what game is your favorite game of the day tomorrow, Steve? 
It's North Macedonia versus Ukraine, obviously. They're going to get thumped, stupid. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, Ukraine only capitalised on like two body pieces of Dutch defending the point, and that's what you expect from the Dutch. So, um, no, North Macedonia will recover, and their quest to become Euro 2020 champions will continue uh, a plan tomorrow. Don't worry. Johnny, what do you predict for Ukraine against North Macedonia? Oh, like, who knows? Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, 4-4, it's going to be mad, it's going to be wild, it's going to be a great 2 o'clock game, so get the tea on, take a wee extended lunch break and enjoy it. Uh, Can I do a pop quiz? Yeah, you can, go on ahead, of course you can. Ukraine currently have the longest losing streak in European Championship Finals history of six. Mm -hmm. Who was the last side to lose six games at European Championships? Oh, Jesus. Um, I'll give you a hint. It was between 1968 and 1984, so neither of you were born, but like... That was you when you were in the... I was like 20 at that stage, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) No. Uh, Well, jeez, like who? Who shit don't actually mess it in all the time? You probably won't think about them because they don't even exist anymore. Oh, oh, was it like uh, Czechoslovakia or something like that? Oh, right part of the world, wrong country. Yugoslavia? There you go. Ah, there you are. Yeah, so Ukraine are really bad at this championship stuff, so yeah. that's why I'm predicting North Macedonia will get the I, 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 actually, I actually like the look of this Ukraine side, so I think, sorry Steve, but I, I think I think Mr. Pandev and his boys will get beaten tomorrow. Um, but I mean, uh, it would be class if North Macedonia do record a win. I think I'll be unreal for the whole tournament. We're we're we had the Finland result against Denmark, but that was tainted because obviously of what happened to Christian Eriksen and it didn't feel right. No, no, that's not to take it away from Finland, but it just felt really weird. Whereas if North Macedonia record a win tomorrow night, I think the whole tournament will be absolutely buzzing off it. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think a lot of the love for Ukraine is because Shevchenko is the boss, and you know, yeah. where we all recognise and stuff like that. And he, he, it's weird. He looks younger now than he did when he was playing. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah it's unreal. <laughs> like, but I, 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 I haven't been overly like they were. I thought they were poor enough against Northern Ireland, um, in their last uh, yeah. qualifier. Uh, yeah, they're not, they're not the qualifier, the last build, uh, friendly right, in the build-up yeah. of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, but um, and the Dutch obviously like just fell asleep for twenty minutes. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, like, I'm great at making excuses for teams that I like. So North Macedonia are going to win this like three-one. Uh, the five o'clock game, Denmark against Belgium. Johnny, how do you see that one panning out? Um, just because Steve thinks that Belgium are going to win, I think Denmark are going to hoof him. <laughs> no, probably Lukaku will be um, banging in the gold. Uh, let's be honest, Belgium are going to win it. Like, um, I really think after everything that's happened with, with Ericsson that Denmark's players are just kind of all over the place. Maybe now it's going to be hard for them to kind of pick themselves up after what's happened with with Ericsson. So I think uh, it is a shame because like, I think Denmark actually do have a good team. Yeah, and it would have been nice to see them go go far in the tournament, but unfortunately, it's with things that have happened. Um, I just don't think maybe these boys are in the right frame of mind to be playing football right now. You know, they just nearly lost one of their teammates on the pitch, so um, I, I think maybe it'll be a 
I'm not going to say they're comfortable for Belgium, but I think that they'll win maybe by two goals. Steve, what about you? Yeah, I think, like, just even looking at it from a pure football point of view, it's really difficult because there's so much going on, obviously, outside of football and showing that, you know, this is just sport at the end of the day and all that. But, like, Denmark were struggling for finishers and for quality up front anyway, even with Ericsson there. Um, so without him on, in a purely football capacity, it's going to be really difficult for them to replace. And, and I just think Belgium looked so, so good the other night. And like, Russia looked okay today. And so if Belgium made them look so poor, how good are Belgium? Um, I think that's probably a way to, to look at that there's a huge amount of potential there. So I think this will be a comfortable enough win for, um, for Belgium, but, and I think it's a chance for Lukaku to get another couple of goals and really wrap up that um, Golden Boot award two games into the tournament. But he, he genuinely could because you don't see anyone else kind of having that kind of influence from attack. And attack. maybe Ronaldo, who we saw obviously the other night, like you know two flukes, um, like he has a chance because he always ends up scoring. But I think Lukaku is like if he can get another brace or even one in this game, he's got a really good chance of finishing his top goal scorer. Yeah, I, I want the romantic me wants to say, oh, Denmark will lift themselves, um, and Simon Kerr will have the game of his life, um, and and they'll get get over the line in this. But I think the best they can hope for tomorrow night is a draw. Is he uh, went off in the the Finland game? Like, is he okay? Like, to... he went off because uh, of what had happened. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see even how they line up tomorrow night. I'm, I'm all in on Denmark, nothing against no. Belgium. I just want to see them do really well now, obviously. Um, but I think I think a draw will be an unbelievable result for them tomorrow night. I just like you, Per. I think Belgium will have too much, and like you, Steve. I think Lukaku, uh, he just looks he looks unbelievable at the minute, and I think um, I think he might get himself a goal or two tomorrow night and go ahead on that golden boot race. Uh, the final game tomorrow night is the Netherlands against Austria. Austria will be without Marco Anadovic, lads, who has received the one-game ban for just acting the dickhead, basically, okay. um, after scoring a goal against uh, North Macedonia. Now, he said that he didn't say anything racist and that he isn't a racist because he, know, <laughs> uh, because he knows people from all different backgrounds, which is actually... What a racist would oh say. Oh my god, but, exactly. Um, we're not calling you one, Marco. Uh, innocent until we're guilty and all of their crack. But he has received one um, one game ban for his actions, for his language, and for his behaviour uh, last week. That He came on, he did very well for Austria, and they kind of need it, will need him tomorrow night against this Netherlands uh, side. Steve, how do you see this one going? Can you see Holland, or sorry, the Netherlands, picking up another win? I spoke to someone from the Netherlands, and it's okay to call the football team Holland. It's just not okay to call the country Holland. So, oh, nice, nice. There okay. you go. You have you have that permission from from now on. But no, I I, I think yeah, they're gonna really struggle. Um, I think the only people who can, as we saw against Ukraine, the only people who can beat this this dust side are themselves. Um, when they fall asleep. Um, I thought. <laughs> I thought I thought Memphis Depay had a really really good game the other night, and he he didn't get the reward his play probably deserved in it. Um, and it just there's something about them that kind of I think did we discuss like the 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 way the groups could fall that it could sue whoever finishes top of this group. 
um quite well um in terms of a run to semi final or whatever. Like and yeah. I think yeah, I think the Dutch will like this is the game they have to win to top the group. Um or they might look at it as look we'll get a draw from this and we'll 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 try and beat uh North Macedonia by a bigger score than, than the Austrians did or whatever. But uh, yeah, it feels to me like the Dutch go into this game knowing that they can afford to um they they if they win this game they can kind of rest for the last group game and then take you know go from the knockout stages there whereas Austria's path is a little bit more um a little bit more difficult even if they get a draw from this game so I think it should be an interesting one I don't think I don't think I think both teams are very capable of scoring this could be high scoring I think if you're to force me to to pick a score I'm gonna say like a three three draw. All right. Interesting. Johnny, what do you think Austria can do anything tomorrow night against uh, the Dutch, or do you think uh, think the Dutch will just get their six points and get over the line? I I agree with Steve. Actually, I think this is going to be the game of the day. Um, a lot on the line in this game. So, and we've seen obviously with uh, the Netherlands brain fart um, against Ukraine that they are they can concede goals. They can switch off, and that's um, my worry for them, um, that they will do that again tomorrow. So it, it should be a good game, and with, with a lot of stake, who knows what will happen. But obviously I have a, an interest in the Netherlands, and so hopefully they do mm. win. I don't mind if they win like 4-3 or 5-4 or something nuts, because we all love to see goals and love to see really good games. But um, And I do think that the game with um, the Netherlands and Ukraine is probably from a... You know, supporters' point of view, was the best game to watch just because there were plenty of goals and just madness. So yeah, it should be a good game. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, I I think I think uh, the Dutch will win tomorrow night, and I do I I think Denmark and Belgium maybe might be a better game, but this this does have the ingredients with the way Holland defended, especially when the as you said Steve fell asleep uh, to be chaos again, and just uh, just interesting to see how they go and 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 if players are fit, if the licks fit, if. Daily Blinds feeling okay. He was very upset the other night. Obviously, what happened? What had happened to Christian Eriksen? So we don't know how he is. He he might, you know, he still might be not feeling great, which is totally understandable because he's been through that himself. So be interesting to see what way they line up. Um, Austria will need to find goals somewhere. I don't think David Alaba can play four different positions at the same time. So um, they'll try and try and work that out. But um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. It's, it's massive. It, it's both teams in this, but they're both one game, so they're both going at it in this group. So, um, could be deciding. And as you said, the winner of this group plays uh, third of place of either D, E, and F. Yeah. Um, and then they'll be in the same side as Italy and Wait, France and Belgium. You, you say the third place in the F could be like Germany, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. maybe maybe second place is the place to finish in this group. You know. I think this group is peril. To be honest, yeah. I think Group B has been lined up. Whoever they, whatever way they fall, uh, they're gonna they're gonna face tough opposition at some point. Well, you will at some point, but um, either last sixteen or quarter finals date. So we'll see what happens there. And um, to finish off tonight's podcast, obviously me and Steve and, and Brent talked on last night about what we've enjoyed so far and who we've enjoyed. So Johnny, give us who so far in the tournament you've enjoyed watching. Who's been your standout, either player or team? I think you can't really look past Italy so far anyway from what we've seen them being the best team just in terms of the football they've played and 
just the the individual player performances as well. Like I mentioned about Jorginho the night and on the front three of Italy were were very impressive. Like so, I th- I think I had to say them. Like it could obviously change tomorrow with Lukaku destroying Denmark uh, or the Netherlands as well. Like I really enjoyed their game against Ukraine. Um, but to, to be honest, I wouldn't really say there's been one player that's kind of been, I don't know, fantastic that everyone's saying they're the best player in the tournament so far. Um, there's been a lot, obviously a lot of good performances, but maybe, well, maybe at late tonight, you know, there's there's been some very good performances tonight. night, but do you know when, when you have, when you reflect back on a tournament, and we'll probably will do this at, at the end of the tournament, when you look back and say that player was just unbelievable from start to finish. So, uh, yeah, so so far it's definitely definitely been Italy. Has it been a standout player for you? Has it been one you thought like, it's unreal? I think like after tonight, a lot of people are going to be wanting to tune in for Locatelli and see how he gets on for Italy. But has there been anyone else where you've just been like, yeah, he's brilliant? I think Locatelli tonight kind of <laughs> just you know his performance was fantastic. And but again, it's only been two games, so I kind of want to see what he does in the next game and and throughout the rest of the tournament. Um, but in terms of other players like Lukaku obviously played well in the first game for Belgium and there, there's been other individual performances which have been decent but I wouldn't say that bar tonight there's been any other player that kind of sort of went holy crap like what a performance from them um, mm-hmm. I suppose Bale had a good finish to the game today but I mean yeah, this penalty arrived in Phil's backyard so <laughs> yeah yeah but there, was, there were moments but I didn't think Bale was Fantastic from start to finish tonight, you know. Interesting. Um, that'll do us for today's Continental Breakfast. Uh, enjoy the games, obviously, that are coming up that we have previewed. Um, uh, the two lads think that uh, the Dutch against Austria is going to be the key one. Um, so that's on 8 o'clock this evening. And Belgium and Denmark is on at 5. And uh, Ukraine against Steve's North Macedonia at 2 p.m. So enjoy all the games. Folks, thanks as as always for tuning in, and listening to all the shows. It's been amazing. We're really enjoying doing this. It's it's, it's been class. Um, catch all of our stuff. Brenton works so hard on on, on all our social medias on um, Facebook, or Twitter, and Instagram at the Football Babble Pod. Um, just look out for the Continental Breakfast as well on your podcast. Just ch- type in Football Babble Pod, and it'll come up, and you'll see our nice little logo. Um, tell all your mates. Make sure you're sure so they all listen to it. Johnny, once again, please do the Patreon link for us. Patreon.com forward slash football babble. And uh, also, you have to go and follow the hashtag Cronky Out as well. Here we go. Um, folks, thanks for listening. Speak to you again tomorrow and enjoy the football. Good luck.